Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech Tzpsach and Paragimel Mishnah Vav and Mishnah Zion. We know we dispose of our chametz on the 14th of Nisan. That's when we burn our chametz. However, what happens if that is Shabbos? What should you do? If the 14th of Nisan falls out on Shabbos, you have to eliminate, destroy all your chametz on Erev Shabbos, and you can only keep enough that you need for your Shabbos meals. This is the opinion of Rabbi Meir, but no, Bisman, dispose of our chametz at the usual time, as in on Arab Pesach, which is Shabbos, and the assumption is you'll end up eating all the chametz, you know, enough people, you have enough people in your house, and your animals, and guests, you'll eat it all, and if there's anything left over, yes, you dispose of it, but make sure you dispose of it in a Shabbos-permitted way, i.e. don't burn it. That truma, you must dispose of before Shabbos, whereas chulin, non-sacred chametz, you can keep like the chamsei and get rid of it on Shabbos itself. And the reason for this distinction between chulin and truma is that we assume if you have chulin, so between you and your friends, you can finish and polish off all the chametz, especially if it's a nice bottle of uh, liquor. Whereas according to, whereas if it's truma, so you have a much, there's a much more limited uh, uh, ability for people to consume this. It has to be either, it has to be uh, kohanim, kohanim. Therefore, if you only have two kohanim in your house, you might not finish it all, and, there, you're, and it's most probably you're going to be left over with lots of truma chametz. So in order to avoid this, Elizabeth Sadiq says, eliminate all your truma on Erev Shabbos, but, the, but non-truma you can eat on, and you can eat and get rid of on Shabbos itself. That's when you get rid of it. Okay. When it comes to getting rid of chametz, we know we do two things. We do badika, we search and destroy it, and bitta, we do a verbal nullification and say it's it's not mine, or we say it's hefker, it's ownerless, etc. There's a lot we could discuss exactly what is the um what are, why we have to do both, but let's just keep it at this. The assumption is that you, we have to do both, not on a level of derisa, on a level of derisa, on the biblical level, both are sufficient. Whether you say it's not mine anymore, so then it's a, you don't own it on Pesach, so you're you're good, or you get rid of it from your house. You're also good. So then why do you have to do both? So you can be, if, even if I nullify it, the Ron says, well, what if I come across a really nice Danish looking Danish? I may uh, uh, regret nullifying it and undo the nullification. Or, Tosva says, I may just come to eat it because I forget that Danish was mutter yesterday. So maybe it's, now it's permitted today. And if I do bittel, so, so I do badika, why do I do bittel? And that's, I think the answer is obvious there as well. Maybe I'll, I won't find something. I'll realize that I own something. And then, uh, I'm not going to be in ownership of it. So to cover all our bases, the rabbis say we do both. Our mission is now going to discuss what happens when someone is traveling and they're not in their home on the 14th of Nisan. Um, a person goes to travel to slaughter their Pesach as a person lives, let's say, in Kesaria, and they're now on their way to Yerushalayim to bring their Pesach. But the most know where they're going to circumcise their son, meaning they're going to do some sort of uh, mitzvah uh, journey. He's going to eat his... Uh, his um he's basically getting married. He goes, I give out. I forgot to eliminate the chametz from my home. If he has enough time to return home, destroy his chametz, and then go back to perform his mitzvah, shech the son. No, excuse me, don't shech your son. Give your son a bris or shech your carbon. Do so, go back and destroy it. He can't be so they can just rely on nullification in and of itself by itself. He does not have to go back to destroy it. Lots of menachim. What if a person is going? There's a, there's a war. They're going to go. They're going to go save people from this battle. Umin anar, or the river's flooding, and they're going to go join the search and rescue. Umin alistim, or they're bandits. Umin ha dleko, there's a fire. Umin ha there's a collapsed building. There's an earthquake. Whatever it may be, a person's on a mission to help save lives. Hivata believo. Don't even contemplate going back. Rather, just 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 say um, it's nullified. It's, it's it's as if it doesn't exist. It's as if it's 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 
it's no, it's it's nothing to me. It's negligible to me, or it's hefker again. There's different lashonas. We actually say both in our kolchamira. Why we say both is beyond our discussion for now. Point is, you should just do bittal and don't even contemplate going back because you're going to save someone's life. However, what if you're going to do something that's a rishus? It's not an obligation, but rather lishbos uh, rishus. You're going to establish a residence for uh, optional reasons. A person needs to travel beyond the tchum on Shabbos. We discussed this. That's only it's optional. So then you should return immediately and don't rely on this leniency of only doing bittal, but rather you have to you have to go back and search and destroy and then do the bittal. I wish you all a wonderful day.